people of Los Angeles. Hi, it's me, Neil Brennan. I'm doing a show at the Fonda Theater November 11th. Two shows, as a matter of fact. I said one. I said A, but I'm, you know, through this, I'm doing two of them. Get tickets now. N-E-A-L-B-R-E-N-N-A-N.com. NeilBrennan.com. November 11th. It's a Saturday. I believe the shows are at 6.30 and 9. And I have to do shows at 6.30 because, as Ali Wong said, all of my fans are depressed and they have to get to sleep early. NeilBrennan.com. Hello. It's me, Neil Brennan. You've seen the thumbnail. You'd see you clicked on this. This is the Blocks podcast where we uh, people come to me with their problems. We talk about them and everybody feels better. And we heal the planet Earth. My guest today is uh, this kid's making it. This kid's making it in the way like Hannibal made it and Aziz made it where you hear a lot of heat on them and then you see a clip and you're like oh i like this kid i've always believed in aliens i've never liked them that they crash land and just destroy our land destroying our property they're making me republican (laughs) and then he and he's got a netflix that'll probably be out by the time this airs maybe not the what's the name of the special cowabunga ralph barbosa ladies and gentlemen cowabunga texas texas I like your intro, by the way. It starts off very like mafia, but then it gets very therapist. Yeah, man. It's like they, that... they come to me with their problems. <laughs> like, and then we talk about it and we feel better. We feel better. That's <laughs> uh, that's how I. That's what the Godfather is about to me. Is that there's a there's a uh, conflict resolution. Yeah, there's like male a strong male force, and they come to him with problems at a wedding. You come into my house on the day my daughter's to be married, and you ask me to do. I like it. Yeah, thanks, man. Very thanks, Ralph. Now you're. You're from Texas. You're 26. You started, you said, when you were 19. Yeah, I was like 19. First mic I did. Maybe 18. I'm pretty sure I was 19. It's like 19. But it was like a one and done. I retired for like yeah. a year. Yeah, I've been there. I've retired a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got, hey. I got yelled at. I was like at the end of the list of the open mic, you know, as it goes. What city? Dallas. Dallas, Great. Texas. Yeah. Uh, hyenas or something? Hyenas. Actually, nice. was the first mic. Yeah. Nice. Been I, there. I signed up. At 5 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, uh, by the time I went up, it was uh, 1 a.m. Thursday. Thursday, yeah, it was a day later. Yeah, next day, first thing in the morning, got up, did my stand-up. But there was like maybe two comics after me, Yeah, and they were the only ones in the room with me. They were pretty drunk. Uh So as soon as I got up there, well, I was up there for like a minute, and one of them was just like, get the fuck out of here already. So I was like, all right, that's my time. (laughs) And I was just like, yeah, it's not for me. How hot is the crowd at 1 a.m. on a Wednesday? Hyenas is also not like in a hot neighborhood. So it's yeah. not. Yeah. Nah, I was. We were the crowd, man. Yeah. The list was the crowd. Yeah. Fantastic. The final three. Where you can see, you can specifically thank people for their laughter. Like, thank you, Josh. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you, Lisa. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, you started doing well. Way later. I was like 20. Maybe the first time I got like actual laughs. Yeah. And this is maybe like my fourth, fifth open mic. Uh huh. I got like one laugh at the beginning just because um, it was at Backdoor Comedy, which was inside of a Hilton Doubletree Hotel. Sure. And a lot of uh, uppity folk. Uh huh. And uh, is that, what's that code for? White? Not nah, rich. Okay. But there were some white people. Okay. Thank you. Mm-hmm. We're and everywhere. There's a, uh, I think the first two rows. We're just pretty much like older white couples. But the guy in the very front 
this older guy, uh, just made me really nervous the way he was staring at me. <laughs> so the first thing that came to my mind was like, he looks like he called the cops on me. Mm -hmm. So I just said that. And uh, it's like first pop. Yep. And that was like the first lesson in comedy. Like, oh, like honesty and confidence. Just yeah. And shitting on people in the front row. Oh, yeah. That's true. That's true. Huge. Yeah. If you ever are on stage, turn on the audience as quickly as you can. Turn, no, turn on the whole audience. Turn on one particular person that you can all rally behind. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. But yeah, that was the first laugh. After that, I just had to, you know, figure out how to write an actual joke. You you look very, I saw the comment, first comment in one of your clips was like, this is like the middle school guy that everybody was friends with who was like nice and your mom liked him. Like he had a very- Yeah, I had a few friends. Yeah. 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 No, nobody's saying. <laughs> no, but you you have like a good face. You got a good face. You got a friendly face. I've heard that. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. 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 It's important. Yeah. Could have gone yeah. this way where it's That's a little, true. it's a little- Little sharp elbows. You, you on got my nice face. glasses. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> um, all right. So you're kind of you might be too young to even know what your problems are. You're you know what I mean? You're gonna you're in your twenties. You're starting to suspect probably that you got some issues. Yeah. How did you grow up? Did you grow up like big family, small family? What I think I have a lot of family a lot of relatives but we're not exactly super close yeah there maybe, you go maybe a little chunk of us are pretty close sure but i was raised by my grandma okay my uncle her oldest son was always around uh my mom was uh popping in and out she was there for the most part my dad too i just you know maybe a couple times a month go see him or once every couple months just depends a couple times a year yeah <laughs> I, life was never really that stable <laughs> which uh i got used to now when things are kind of stable, it kind of fucks with my yeah, head a bit. Yeah, do, do you have those on your body? I want to, all right, so what is, so your parents young, were, were they? Yeah, my parents had me like at 16, 17 or something like that. Okay, great. Um, And they moved in. It's funny because you look 16, 17. It'd be funny if that's <laughs> how, like, my parents had me when they were older, so that's why. That'd be like, cool. That'd be cool if you got to just stay at the age your parents had you at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it'd be a cool system yeah uh, yeah um all right so they and did they meet you were their first kid yeah i was their first kid did they have any more yeah with each other no okay different people my mom has my little sister who is going to be 13 this year okay she had her with another guy uh and then my dad has a daughter in mexico that he had with the whole other lady and then he has a my other teenage sister and brother and then he just had a baby girl with my stepmom so he has three kids with my stepmom i gotta say all right so i'm one of ten same parents nice parents Thanks it on. so much yep it it wasn't good but they <laughs> fucking stuck it out um did you ever long for i feel it's so rare now like uh uh intact fucking christmas card family a whole unit yeah so I'm wondering, did you did you truly long for it, or was it? Did you know? I would assume, or I shouldn't assume. Did you know a lot of people with like intact families, or was it was it more like split? I knew I knew a few people with like the intact family, but I never hung out with those guys because that was had too many squares, man. They had too many rules at their house. <laughs> That's what happens when you got two parents. Yeah, you have fucking double the rules. There's all this structure. <laughs> yeah, a uh, yuck. I don't like that. Yeah, yeah, whereas you were fucking playing your mom against your dad and your grandma. and it's a, Yeah, I just ate, you know, in my bedroom and watched TV. Yeah. There's no bedtime. I was raised by an old lady, like, 
she was, she was done. She was done raising yeah. kids. I was right. My parents were old when they had me. So like yeah. I and I was the tenth. So it was <laughs> I was like pretty the other, much on the other one. Yeah, like you'll figure them. it out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you you didn't you weren't eating a ton of vegetables. I'm betting. Nah, I think I was only because my grandma was home cooking was pretty good. Okay, great. So, uh, but I was also eating tons of junk. Mm-hmm. I was also like, did you like openly? Would you bring junk home? Because I couldn't bring. No, I could bring junk. I we couldn't have any. We couldn't have gum in the house. Holy crap! Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, man. My parents were born in 1930 and 1933. So like, this, was gum bad? Was it like the devil in your house? It was just, I think it was like a method of control, meaning like, um, if it's like now today it's gum, it's like a gateway drug. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> today it's gum. Tomorrow yeah, today it's gum. heroin. Meth. Like, yeah, nice. like who knows where it's going. So, I, and yeah, we just couldn't eat sugar. We couldn't. It nah, was no, my we we had tons of junk. My friends, my friends and I, we were all really close, like a little a little crew. Yep. And there was tons of like corner stores and gas stations around us so we'd always walk yep. and buy nothing but chips and sodas and yep. we always had them and colored was, drinks yeah like a red drink like a it's, fucking it's definitely uh, an addiction now though it didn't lead to more i don't think i'm not like on heroin or nothing but but it led to more sugar it let now i'm like every night snacking what are you what are you hitting uh it's different types of chips i love to get lays or like lemon lays or like the original lays and then i'll pour like Valentina hot sauce on them. Jesus. It's like some soda. Fuck, it's Mexican in here right now. Yeah, it's so Mexican. Jesus. Hot Cheetos, is... hot fries. Oh, fuck. Everything California wants to ban, bro. Like <laughs> anything with red dye. Oh, fuck. <laughs> red tastes good. Red is a delicious color. That's I don't know what they're, color. yeah, like just red is a great, one of the hot, one of the great, great anything flavors. Anything that can stick in the microwave, hot pockets. Hot or, sh- or cherry. Fuck. Hot Pockets, uh, Totino's, Pizza Rolls. We we had it all. Do you, well, you're, you stay in hotels a lot. What do you, you bring like a, you ever uh, see that mountain, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, there's a, a weightlifting uh, documentary called Generation Iron, one of the greatest docs ever. It's on, but they show them on, they have to travel a lot for, to, to flex on different people. And, um, and they have, they're all just eating chicken and broccoli all day. So they all have George Foreman grills in their hotel rooms. Nice. I got to start doing that. Yeah. No, I was going to say like, if you, I don't know what you could do, like some sort of hot something. I hate when, I hate when we go to like really small towns and nothing's open. Cause I really like to eat some sort of, um, like one step above microwavable food after a show. Like once we go back to the hotel, I would like to eat like a, a, a burger from. Here's a question. Do you use the microwave at 7-Eleven? Have you used it? Mm-mm. I don't know why. Do you I, have? I've never. I That feels like a level. I don't want to say a level of dirtbag I don't want to get to. <laughs> it feels like a level of consumption that like that feels like a bridge too far. I The only time I, I've used it is for home cooked meals, though. But when I was a teenager, occasionally I would go work for my dad. Uh, he had like this home remodel business. He had like a bunch of different businesses, but on lunch break, uh, if my grandpa on my dad's side would bring lunch for him and myself, then we'd go to Seven Eleven to buy some drinks and then heat up the lunch. So it'd be like, would you get? Would they chase you out of there like the open mic? Like get the fuck? Nah, they were fine with it. As <laughs> like, we, that's interesting. As yeah. like, I guess if you buy something, like yeah, and help yourself to the microwave. Yeah. Also, like because this is Dallas, Texas, which is like. 
eighty percent Hispanic, mm-hmm. like which means eighty percent of the Dallas population is going into Seven Eleven to reheat lunches or at least buy <laughs> cold beverages, you know. So they can't stop us all, man. It's like the wall, basically. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, there's it's the border. It's fucking uh, what's that town? What's the board? One of the board? Whatever. Um, <laughs> if I can, you know, want to fill in, the, do, write your own punchline. If I can, it's, it's, uh, I like this. I want to say Ramos. It's not Ramos. Yeah, it's fucking, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a self checkout random punchline. You're absolutely right. All right. So let's do some blocks. Right, but you see what I like? You see, you go watch this Netflix. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. On Netflix. Uh, on Netflix. Can you believe it? Procrastination. Yeah. Block these are, number one. These are blocks as in like things that block you from being productive in comedy, right? Uh-uh. Or blocks emotional just, blocks. Emotional blocks. Yeah. Did you did you fill it out with that in mind? No. Things that make you feel like something's wrong with you. Okay. Well, yeah, these are still yeah, these are still good blocks. But I feel like there's a something you're not saying on here. I just feel like the only thing that could be considered a block to me is anything that blocks me from like writing more stand up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. If you so the thing I would say on here is like, gave you a lot stand up. Yeah. Not just you, but like anyone, everyone I know. It's like, it's identity, a living, fame. Like, it's a lot of shit. So you kind of want to give it an offering. Yeah. Of like, here, I wrote some, like, something. Yeah. So you're a you procrastinator. Definitely. It's also, your amygdala just form, man. Twenty six. What was that? Amygdala. Your amygdala. Yeah, amygdala? the front of your front, your prefrontal, your prefrontal cortex, oh. really just came together. Oh, your, like it just got done being. Yeah, like, yeah, it just got done. They just took the scaffolding down. I read this thing one time that said like if you smoke weed while you're a teenager uh-huh. or a kid in general, like your brain will never finish developing. Mm-hmm. And you were like, dope. Yeah, I feel like my IQ will never stop increasing. Like, no, it's never done growing. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really smart the way you approach it. It's like super duper sharp. Um, yeah. Do you, how do you, how, do you have a writing process or no? Mm, no, I guess I just kind of kick around ideas in my head. I feel like I kick around a punchline more than I kick around like a premise. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like funny stuff happens or like a funny thought occurs to my head. Yeah. And then I just got to figure out how to like, right backward back yeah yeah so i feel like that's most of what's in my head throughout the day until well, your jokes are like small the reason i said you remind me of aziz and hannibal is because they those guys kind of took like the head mitch hedbergy approach mitch was like just one liners but hannibal and aziz was more about like small interactions mm-hmm. which i feel like your jokes are a lot like that I definitely feel inspired by those comics a lot. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were kind of who were popping when I was like towards the end of high school and yeah. I started taking more of an interest in stand-up, especially Mitch Hedberg. I didn't even find out who Mitch was, if I'm being 100% honest. I didn't find out who Mitch Hedberg was until after I started stand-up. Yeah. But I, I do I do like those comics a lot. I feel like they're really good at taking the funny, small instances yeah. of a day and like creating yeah. a, a special with it or creating... Yeah big chunks which helped me get back into mics because like i was telling you i started i went to a mic and then i felt like oh this isn't for me i felt horribly and like six seven months later i went back and then like again that was a story and then i saw you bought you did shitty again yeah great but then i started seeing like uh uh it was like on netflix it was like 
uh, Hannibal takes like uh, Edin Edinburgh, yeah, Edinburgh yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And there was this scene where he's like listening to his tapes and he was just talking about like, yeah, it's tough to listen to him, but it makes you a better comic if you listen to your to your your uh, voice, like audio and and then like adjust or whatever. And then that kind of like reminded me that and seeing like how his jokes were about everyday things, like yeah. simple things even. I was like, man, so it's like you just got to keep working at it. So then I started going back to mics and just trying different jokes out and like just kept going after that. It's also funny because watching you, I don't, I, it's like, I'm, ha- I'm good with what you're doing. Like, I'm like a lot of guys, I'm like, well, what, what do you, what are you getting at? Whereas with you, I'm like, yeah, you don't got to get anything. Just yeah. kind of be like, and then I went over here. Yeah. <laughs> this happened. Yeah. And then that. I, I also don't want to stick to one genre of jokes. Like, I, yeah. I feel like some of my jokes can be super silly. Talk about random things. And some of them can touch on somewhat serious subjects. Even though I try not to have like this like stance or anything like mm-hmm. that. This is just jokes to me, yeah. you know? But I also don't want to stick to like one genre, style. Or, like one style. Yeah. I feel like whatever's funny is funny. And whatever I can think of that I like, that I think is funny, then I'll use it. Well, yeah, you don't, it's just, just write whatever comes out. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's the key. But you're, you're, it's cool in that like I'm, ex- I immediately accept you on your terms, which yeah. is, which is, a great thing for you like people are me like yeah what do you want to talk about yeah um okay so so what do you notice about yourself what do girls notice about you in relationships and relationships? you have a you have a kid yeah right? i have a son yeah, yeah yeah um and how old's the son four okay so and you still close with the mom you st- yeah we're cool great we knew each other since we were like teenagers so we're pretty cool Great. We had them when we were like, I was 22, she was like 21. Okay. Were you worried? Were you like? Oh, yeah, super scared. I was like living the life before he was born. Where were you? Uh, I was living at my grandma's. I was, the life. I was hitting open mics <laughs> and, and showcases every night. Uh-huh. Uh, I was cutting hair out of my bedroom throughout the day. Great. I was making like two, three hundred bucks a week. I had a 2002 Nissan Sentra. It was sweet. Couldn't tell you shit. Mm-mm. I ate like a king. Yep. Home hot everything and hot everything jack-in-the-box tacos whatever i wanted it was yep. at my fingertips mm-hmm. um <laughs> I, I definitely wanted stand-up to be my job at the time but knowing that i was gonna have a son definitely made me kick it into next gear and like make sure that stand-up worked out i was like man if i'm not careful then by the time He's really needing me to provide, like, as he gets older. I mean, you got to provide from the start, right? Yeah. But by the time I need to, like, be in a better neighborhood that he can, you know, so he can be in a better school. And and by the time I need to buy him some actual clothes and all this stuff, like. What are the most expensive years of a kid? I'm assuming it's just college. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I'm, I'm barely four years in, bro. I can't tell you. <laughs> I came to you for <laughs> guidance, man. <Yeah. laughs> but I just, I was like, I need stand-up to be my full time by then. Because. By the time I need to make the real money, which at the you need it from the start, but I don't know. I feel like by the time he's a certain age, if I hadn't really made it, like I'm really fucking up, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to be a barber anymore by the time he's four or five. And I feel like I just like just in time made well, it for, yeah. as a full time comic. That's funny. How long so how long after he was born did you like start did you put the clippers away? No, nah, I didn't put them away until a year ago this month. We're in October. Yeah. 2023. So 2022 of October was when I was like, 
So you were still cutting hair a year ago? Yeah. That's very, very little. I mean, I got lost like all my clients. Well, yeah, you weren't around. <laughs> yeah, I was always like canceling appointments to go to like do five minutes in some town like three yeah. hours away or something, you know, like I was always putting stand up first. Yeah, as you should. Yeah. Um, now, who's got the best hair to cut? Hmm. That's a good question. It really is, isn't it? Yeah. Don't you want to have you always wondered that everybody? It, it, I think it varies person to person. But uh, let's you don't really, want it let's too stereotype straight. some people. Uh, you let's don't want it too straight. Real quick. I don't think you want it too straight, but you also don't want it like too curly. Right. You want like some texture in it. You want their skin not to be too dark or too light. You Why? Want, uh, for the contrast, like of the fade, you know? Okay. You want them to have good skin. You want them to have a good set of hair. Uh, but there is like people who grow way more hair, like per square inch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it can be thick and you can well, have tons of Well, there's some months it comes out super fat and you're like all right yeah. I, I don't know what i'm what i did to deserve this but i'll take it i think it's definitely like and it's just, uh, you're, this it is sounds a, like you're just describing yourself yeah this i mean a lot of my hair things. sucks my my actual hair sucks for fades i i my face don't look good well, it, uh, you gotta be a, an amazing barber to make me look good but i do think latinos get the best fades it looks good on them but black people are on their way over here right oh, now. oh yeah for sure you're about to get fucked up uh why you don't but i mean to be fair it's not even like my latinos it's like uh what are they called afro latinos like puerto ricans yep. dominicans yep yep so like in the middle yep yeah not a mexican i'm mexican what's to 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 what's the i don't even want to make it i don't want to say too stringy too what, it's it's like yeah like too straight like sometimes why don't i, don't I would i would have thought a barber would want straight hair I thought you were gonna say Asian. Straight hair is the easiest to cut, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's not gonna look the best. When you take a job, you're look. This is your first. This is the first barber I've ever spoken to in this amount of depth. <laughs> um, I it makes me realize I should follow if, my. If dream I of, had to make, you ever go to the barber shop? You see those posters? Sure. And numbered and they got like yeah. a different. Yeah, of course. If I had to make a poster, I would choose. I would make it like with Puerto Rican models. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So port Brazilians. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um okay, so just because they have the best they got they got a good set of hair. Um it's nice and thick. Right. They got a good skin tone for the pictures <laughs> for the fade, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Did you I would have thought as a barber you'd want the easiest head and not the best like what can i well you said which one looks the best didn't you no i said or, well i don't know what i said which one's the best it's, there's one? no way to find out who's got the best hair to cut for the easiest cut for the easiest money then yeah i'll go like white people thank you, you guys aren't even picky thank you thank you so much we you got you guys like sometimes it doesn't even need to be faded and you guys are like looks good <laughs> <laughs> Okie dokie. And we're fucking on our way. Um, get on our fucking on our dirt bike and get out of there. <laughs> um now white people and black people are on their way up here. Yeah, um, the, bring them. We, we got them, we'll hold it down. But if uh, I want to pull in the most clientele, you gotta do like a Puerto Rican slash Dominican poster. Cause now you're you getting get, everybody. You get Mexicans and black people who yep. are like, oh, okay, yeah, that looks enough like me. That yep. looks enough like my hair texture. And they're all coming in. And white people are like, he's got some 
some sort of African features, but yeah. nothing that. If if I wanted to check more white people, I'd get the picture where like with the scissor cuts. That was my biggest problem with attracting white clientele was they didn't think I could use scissors. But we ended up getting a lot of white clientele anyway because at the barbershop where I worked at was in a neighborhood that was, what's the word, like getting gentrified, I guess. Mm -hmm. like, so you had you still had like hood clientele, but you also had like these very like wealthy business owners and people who were buying serious property in that area of Dallas. So Guys with like bags. Across yeah. their chest. And yeah. Shit. Yep. You get like 50 year old white guy, like lawyers. And yeah. Also, like the young, like, uh, works for a tech company. White yep. guy just moved Fle to San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. Nice. Um, I could ask barber questions all night. Did you have a shop you worked at? Yeah. It's called Oak Cliff Barbers in Dallas, Texas. I actually grew up getting my haircuts there. And then later on, and then you and then you fulfill a lifelong dream of cutting there as well. Yeah, they made me want that 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 place made me want to be a barber because the guy who would cut my hair, which is one of the owners, his name's Jose. He was like a huge shit talker. He just like roast people as they walked in. You know, like he also dressed pretty nice. Like I remember, he had like clothes from Nordstrom one day, but then the Fuck. other day he'd just be like in Nike sweats, and just hearing this dude talk shit and roast people and wear whatever he wanted and make cash i was like yo this is a great Fucking job perfect yeah um any fights in the barbershop uh maybe a couple i i actually never witnessed one i witnessed one that was about to happen or a couple that were about to happen but i've never been there for for an actual fight but i've heard the stories just dudes like who knew each other or didn't know yeah each other? they knew each other oh, okay it's too much shit talking at some point you know you gotta take your you gotta take your satchel off and <laughs> But you got to take the the oh, bib the cape, off as yeah. well. Yeah, the cape. There you, I don't know what the official, <laughs> I don't know the what bib. the official term was. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to step it on your toes, guys. You know I don't often leave the house. I'm America's sexiest shut in. But when I do, don't waste my time. I don't need a lot of guff or a lot of riffraff. And is there any situation that lends to more guff or riffraff than getting tickets? Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guaranteed, game time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Uh, let's go. Let's look. Our friend Ralph Barbosa. He's he's going to be at the Irvine Improv soon. His tickets are expensive now because he did the podcast. And now he's a big star. That's how it works, guys. Clippers, Lakers. Now, the Clippers just traded for a bunch of people. They got uh, James Harden and the 76ers got um, Karl Malone and Sidney Moncrief and Tree Rollins and uh, Greg Kite and uh, Moses Malone. And Mark Ivoroni, they got a lot of, a lot of, they got uh, the guy who used to sit behind the Washington Bullets bench and read books that were yelling at Michael Jordan. Look it up. It's interesting. Maybe we'll have a picture of it. Every Clippers game now is just interesting, at least sociologically. Travis Scott's doing the SoFi Stadium soon. Fred again. Somebody sent me a clip from Fred again. He's doing, uh, he's working tonight, actually. Fred again. Again, he's EDM where I go. I'll hear the song and I go, oh, I like him. I didn't know he was a him or a them or a they. And I'm not doing a, a gender joke. I'm doing like, a, I don't know who these EDM people are. They're not a band. Although Bonobo is a band. Although he's one guy named Simon. Olivia Rodrigo is going to do the forum soon. And that's not soon. That's next August. 
So you go ahead and get ahead of that one. You got 10 months. With game time, you can wait the whole the whole 10 months. You can get tickets that day. Although now they're 240 bucks. So next August, they're going to be a little uh, tough. Here's some things I like about going on the game time app. They got last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from all seats in the venue, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection. Huh? Did you even know that was a thing? Now that you have it, you can say whatever you want to anybody at your job because you're covered. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. See the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show you your total upfront so you know you're getting a great deal before you check out. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, because who knows when these musicians start. It's the place to find last-minute seats, is my point. I won't stop talking about it. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app right now, create an account, and use code BLOCKS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code BLOCKS for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices. You know what I'm saying. If you take a look at search trends, interest in learning a new language is only increasing over time. And there tends to be a bit of a spike in the fall because it's the perfect time to pick up a new hobby, like learning a new language. And with Babbel, you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, just in time to show off for the holidays and make your whole family resent you even more than they do right now. Why Babbel? Because it works. Instead of paying hundreds of dollars for a private tutor or fooling yourself with language apps that are a little more than games, Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Or trace Samanas, as I call it. <laughs> Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. I was just outside with Gabe Iglesias and the valet guy, they were speaking Spanish and I, there were a couple of times where I could have interjected and I didn't uh, cause I've been uh, doing my babbles at home and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm progressing. Just let the record show that I'm making progresso. Don't know if that's how you say it. The sound of the right answer in Babbel. Studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. For instance, one study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. With over 10 million subscriptions sold, Babbel is real language learning for real conversations. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at Babbel dot com slash b-l-o-c-k-s get 55 percent off at babble.com slash b-l-o-c-k-s spelled b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash blocks that's b-a-b-b-e-l dot com slash blocks you could have a new language by christmas thanksgiving kwanzaa new year's eve it's no problemo it's my point babble 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 all right so have you been in any real relationships with women yeah and how'd it go? Uh, um, like it's bad. <laughs> it goes good for a while. Yeah, that's that's what it, that's what happened. Yeah, it goes good for like the first few months, and you can't keep it up. I can't keep it up. <laughs> you know that. See, that's what none of us can. We, we the here's how relationships work: women pretend to be sexual, and men pretend to be thoughtful, and we can both do it for like three or four months, 
and then our it it goes to the what we're really like, and then we start getting mad at each other. Yeah. Why is that just human nature? Yeah, because we both want a thing. I believe men just want like sex and a connection and women want women want a connection and they'll take sex. Like, whereas we have to like, it's a problem for us. We don't get it. Um, so they, we both present in a certain way and then we come to them with like, I'll give you a connection. And then they go like, I'll give you sex. And then we, and that's kind of what happens. And we, and it's also like new structures. Yeah. I don't know. I just, after a few months, I guess I don't want, I don't long for a connection much anymore. <laughs> after a few months, I'm like, I don't know. Sometimes you just want to go back to being alone. That's the pro. That's maybe the issue with, with, uh, f- people like us is, uh, it's pretty, pretty good. Pretty fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. We got good. We got good. We got a full cable package up here. We can entertain ourselves. Yeah. Like I was an only child for a long time. I've never lived with any of my siblings up until now. So I'm like pretty good at just me and my TV. If I didn't have a TV, I'd lose it. That's the connection you're I mean, that's yeah. the, yeah. Like that's a great connection. I've lived with a girl, my son's mom. And I remember like sharing the bed was the first like, whoa, like, <laughs> This is like, end game. Was you got to find somebody to share a bed with? <laughs> I had my own bed my whole life. Now yeah. I have to share one. That feels like a demotion. Yeah, it sure does. Now half, half, half. I also have to share control of the remote. Yep. And you got to wait for the bathroom. It's like prison. Yeah. What the fuck are we doing? Also, she doesn't wait when I'm until I'm done using the bathroom. Like this, it, you you get less privacy. You get less TV time. And I know to a lot of women, this just sounds like immature. They're like, that's your big problem with the TV. They're like, yeah, that was my best friend growing up. TV. Yeah. Yes. I also like hate most of their TV shows. Yeah, that's a problem. The, the, we don't, men and women don't have a ton of shared interests. We don't. It's like we pretend, but I can do like a few date nights, you know, and maybe that's just me not being ready for marriage or whatever. But I don't know if I will be mar- ready for marriage just because, like, I'm not going to be able to share a TV every night for the rest of my life. Yeah. And then it's also, would you be in a relationship? Would you be one of those dudes who, like, has his own wing of the house? You know what I mean? You, like, you, you need that. Yeah. You need that. I yeah. feel like, and it's only fair if a woman gets that, too. Yeah. I mean, I a, a lot of women now are saying, like, I don't even want to live with a guy. That'd like, be fine. Which is great. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're it's a smart way to approach it because it's not doesn't mean I love you less, you know? It's like this isn't gonna help just constant yeah. other person in your face. It's nice. not gonna make you like, oh, I fucking adore it. it's Yeah. It, and maybe that comes from like my own issues too, like just like things never being stable at home. Yeah. Like things were always changing, people were in and out the house. But one like unit, you know, being like a perfect couple. And living together from like this point until forever just seems like a crazy goal to me. Look, if it weren't for children, there'd be no, no, I don't even think women would want to do it. Yeah. I think it's just about safety. It's about creating a stable environment for a kid. Now, on the other hand, unstable environment, exhibit, exhibit A, 
unstable environment, only child, hot chips, fucking reheating at 7-Eleven, <laughs> <laughs> nothing but his TV's his best friend. Pretty, pretty good. Cowabunga on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what do you, and do you, well, you're still young enough that I wouldn't worry about it. Or worry about what? I, I wouldn't worry about, like I, you're, I know where you're headed with all this relationship stuff. It Because I'm way older than you and it's still like, huh, huh, what, is this really supposed to work? It's, it's just, it's set up for raising a kid. Like that's what all of, that's what marriage is for. It's for like legal protections in case one of you bounces and you got to pay the other person for the kid. It's like, I get it, but seems sometimes it seems a little unnecessary. How do you, okay. So you did find the kid. It focused you. Yeah, definitely. So that's, and you love the kid. I'm assuming it's a boy or a girl. Uh, it's a boy. It's All right. Son. Great. Yeah. I love my son to death. Yeah. Yeah. I make sure to be home at least three to four days. Like during the weekdays that I'm not on the road, make sure to be home and you know, take him to school, pack his lunch, do stuff after school. He's in pre-K. Great. And so, like, definitely love being a father. Oh, so you, did you always think you were going to love it? Yeah. Because, and this is information that I've kind of talked about here and there, but never in too much detail. But, yeah, when my son was born, um, we weren't 100% sure that he was mine because my son's mom and I or we had actually like just split up when she was pregnant and we had tried to get back together. We're seeing each other for a little bit, but it didn't work out. She went to date somebody else. So we weren't exactly sure who was going to be the dad, Um, but we handled it. Was the other dude like prepared to be the dad? I don't know. Did you guys? Oh, you didn't. All right. So it wasn't like a cooperative situation. Uh, It was like, I mean, she would talk to me about it and, I don't know. I don't think that guy knew about me. Like, you guys weren't going to the OBGYN together. No. You weren't as, like, a no, no, no. thruple. No, 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 no. What no. white people call a thruple. Yeah. We were, um, I don't know too much about how she was handling the situation. Uh-huh. I don't think it was she was handling it too well. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't want to get too much in her business either. I yeah. just told her, like, you should let that other guy know. Say his name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was, I was like... She at one point made it seem to me like that other guy, like like didn't want anything to do with it. Which I don't know if she was that was just her saying it or yeah. true or not. But I was prepared to like be there either way. Oh. At the thought of having a baby, I I wanted to take the chance to be a dad. But I was but I was also like, well, let that guy know, like, be hundred percent honest with me and with him because if he wants to be a dad, I'm not gonna try to step on somebody else's toes. Like, I'm not going to be yeah. like, nah, bro, you step out. I'll take care of your kid, right? <laughs> yeah. But no, once my son was born, we got like a DNA and found out for sure he was mine. And so I was like happy either way. And once I found out that he was like biologically mine, then I was just like ecstatic, you know? Yeah. And I definitely wanted to do whatever I had to do to make sure that like- It would have been cool if you guys had like a gladiator, <laughs> you and the other dude, but like for dad shit, <laughs> that would have been a kind of a dope. I would have taken, I would have taken him out. I think that's what we go in and pitch on Netflix. <laughs> um, what this is a fucking broad question and probably racist. Do you think the expectations for the Latino community fathers is different? What are the expectations? Because as a as like the way I grew, it, mine's generational. Meaning, my dad was from the generation of like I 
roof over your head and food on the table. I think that's 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 the that's the list. Now the list for like the dude, the guy in the fleece, the white dude in the fleece is like you got to be. Nah, I think I think the the expectation for the average Latino male is like, are you providing, uh, like you said, a roof and food on the table, and at least like being home. Mm-hmm. I think I know a lot of people my age who are dads who are extraordinary dads. Yeah, they 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 go above and beyond to be like a great dad and family man. Yeah, be connected with the family, spend quality time, and do all that. But I think all that's really expected of you. Like you don't even have to really talk. <laughs> well, like, yeah, that is true. Well, go yeah. to work. Yeah, come home. Yeah, you know what I mean. Sit there. Sit there. S- have your lap open. Like who needs comes in a lap? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's all that's like really expected of you as like a Latino dad. Which a lot. Of, I think my son's mom and a lot of people were not expecting me to pull through with that even. <laughs> Which was fair enough. I was like I said, I was living at my grandma's. I didn't even want to yeah. get like a real job. Yeah, I wanted I wanted to be a dad on my own terms. By that time, my son's mom and I's re- relationship. I don't know if I said that correctly. Our relationship yeah, yeah. was already like it had been going bad on and off for the past three years before my son was born. Once I knew he was my son, once I you know it kind of hit me that like I'm a father now. I wanted to make decisions differently. I wanted to make decisions that I would want my son to make one day if he were in my situation, decisions that he would respect. So I always treated his mom with respect. We'd have our fights, and maybe sometimes I'd let my temper get the best of me. She, she'd push my buttons a lot. But for the Are most, you a screamer? No, 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 no. You just, like a seether? I don't know what seether means. I might just say something that was kind of like hurtful. Okay. But like not like in a, like I never would like call her anything outside of her name. You just say some slick shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just be a comic about it. Yeah. Nah, yeah. But I always did my best to stay respectful. Anytime we had a fight, I always just reminded, like, I'm on your team. We both want the same thing for our son. I was like, I don't want to fight with you. Like, we just want to make sure he has a good life. But I don't feel like like it was paying a lot of respect to myself to stay with her after a lot of the kind of just childish things we had to put each other through. So... I just wanted to be a dad on my own terms. I split up with her. Uh, she took it pretty hard. Like she wouldn't let me see my son at first, or like I had, I'd have to, I'd have to go to her house, which yeah. is, I guess, her way of getting me to like trying to lure me back yeah. in. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to fight for like joint custody, but I couldn't afford a lawyer, so I just put myself on child support. So they like forced her to, to let me see my son. What explain that? Yeah, like I went to the attorney general's office and like signed the paperwork to like put myself on child support, so that by law. She had to let me see my son. Great. As long as I like paid the money, which I had no problem giving her money. Like she's never been selfish or mature with money. She's never been the type that if I gave her like 500 bucks and told her spend it on our son, then she she would she wouldn't use a dime for herself, you know. Yeah. So, I had no I never had a problem giving her money. And after a few months, once my son was like cuz we split up when he was maybe like 5 months. Once my son was getting closer to a year, um I think she had gotten over the breakup. We had had a our worst fights behind us and we started working out like our whole other schedule on our own like outside of what um the child support we didn't even like go to court we we went to our first court date and we worked out like a schedule and like a whole agreement before even seeing the judge uh so we just like signed that you told him this is what we're doing yeah like (laughs) hit the gavel all right (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. somebody so like there's like a guy who works for the court I, i forgot what they call him but there's a bunch of just 
bad relationships sitting out in the hallway. Yeah, that's funny. And so I guess to get the day moving faster. It's like a faster, museum of shitty relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to get the, the day moving faster, a guy will come out and just talk to each couple. Like, you guys work anything out or you need to judge? You know? And so we were <laughs> like. How is this getting fucking, what are we, what are we looking Yeah, 30, 30 minutes? We, so we were like, nah, we got a, we got a deal already. And they're like, yeah. I was like, all right. And he just like typed it out for us, like edited. Because there's like a, there's like the basic child support agreement that like the, the state gives you yeah so they just go in there edit it with like a pin and they make copies of it you sign it it's like all right well you don't got to be here then and yeah we haven't seen court ever since and i get my son half the week she gets she, basically whatever days i'm in town my son's with me and, and the minute i gotta go out of town then she's then so she's you're like him. raising him there are times where it's just you and your son in your house mm -hmm. that's that's fucking adorable honestly oh i love it <laughs> yeah no it's like really goddamn cute thank you you just got a lot of female fans <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck this more up. kids coming nah, <laughs> nah um that's great though that you made did you surprise yourself with the amount of like the way you approached it meaning mm. did, had you done anything like that in your life like had you made ethical stands in your life in the in the past Maybe it's just small ones. Like, uh, I've talked about this on other podcasts too. A lot of my family. Yo, man, don't come in here with, with this other same, podcast bullshit, man. I don't not not in not in the same <laughs> not in to, to piece my life together, you gotta you gotta put like seventeen podcasts yeah, together. Yeah, funny. But a lot of people in my family were involved with like selling drugs or just like crime stuff in general. Yeah. And I think I was like the black sheep for never like getting involved. That's funny. Yeah. I had temptations. Um I remember I like sold weed for like two weeks and I had no idea. I, I knew that many people that would actually want to buy weed from me. And I think in like a couple of weeks, I made like way more money than I thought I would make. Feel kind of like scared at the amount of money that came that fast. Uh, my cousin was the one that like hooking me up with a lot of it. Uh, one of his buddies was. And I told him like, man, I'd rather just not do it. I was like, I know it's like a huge pussy move to just be like all right never mind i don't want to do this no more but i was like if if i stay used to this i'm never going to learn any real skills in the world and at around that time um a lot of our relatives uh were getting locked up and i was just like man i don't want to get caught and then just put our family through more like hardship yeah that's like i'd rather just find something else um which I think my family, they didn't, like a lot of my family didn't know, like my mom, my grandma, uncles, they didn't know I, I did that and then decided that. Um, but I think- Have they came, heard about it since? Uh, maybe, maybe now, yeah. Because yeah. they're just like, yeah, whatever. But for a long time, I think they might've rather I had done that. I mean, nah, I don't, I'm sure they wouldn't, wouldn't have wanted me to do that. But for a long time, I was the bum of the family until a year ago. That's so funny. So it was like- I don't know. They were always just like, get it together, man. Get your life together. And I was always in my head like, hey, man, like I made right choices, all right? And they're yeah. like, no, you didn't. Like, you yeah, can't, because like, you can't be like, ah, oh, I'm not going to do this life of crime, but also not do a productive life either. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like way too neutral. Yeah, it's like, have like, you considered crime? Like, yeah. It was like, like if you're not going to do crime, well, then get like a job. Yeah. And, and I was like, like well, doing neither. I'm somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you were transitioning. It was a tough transition. Yeah. Um, okay, so you have, did you grow up with like religious at all? I mean, my family's like Catholic. We went to church 
every blue moon, but yeah, we weren't too religious. Blue moon's not an actual religious thing. <laughs> I don't know what they told you. Um, and did and but did that shit seeps in? Yeah, I mean, we like we do this. Yep, you got a Mary in the house. You got a Jesus in that. What, what, we had both of those. Yeah, yeah. So right there, you got like yeah. that heat coming down and you to do the right shit yeah i got i got that catholic guilt for yeah, sure. yeah no that's the, that's the best kind i got yeah every time things are going good for me i'm like i'm going to hell yeah it's pride cometh before the fall you know all those <laughs> all those fucking catholic sayings yeah. all right uh well no this is what you have your one of your blocks is when personal life is too good <laughs> yeah um what is that what does that feel like you what happens when things are going good you're waiting for the bottom to drop out Hmm. Not necessarily. I think when I'm frustrated, depressed, or angry, um, whatever negative thoughts are consuming my mind, it's easy to like turn those into jokes or to ignore them by, by just thinking of funny stuff. And I feel like some of the best material comes from like when I'm feeling, I guess, like the angriest or the saddest. Mm-hmm. And when things are going better in my personal life and I'm not angry, depressed, or sad, and, and I am being like maybe more social because I don't think I'm that social of a person. But, you know, when, when, things, when I'm just like content with like my personal life, um, man, my jokes just start to suck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't think I've slacked too much on writing jokes. But like the end of, no, I say like April, May, and June of this last year, I was like really having fun with new friends I had made, I was spending more time with family, which I like don't I do I saw that you got some of. sneakers at one point. You got, they, yeah. they gave you some sneakers. Yeah, the, I was like doing all this stuff. Cobbs in San Francisco. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes that I was doing at that time, now that I look back on them, I'm like, man, those jokes suck <laughs> compared to some of the other jokes that I really like that I have yeah. more fun doing or that yeah. I think are funnier. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. It's it's like I don't want to be like too heavy in my personal life because then it makes my comedy life not as enjoyable. <laughs> right. Well, you'll probably. I mean, where I ended up was like uh, you. It's just a reflex. I can be happy and still notice some dumb shit. Okay. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah. I mean? And then and then like war, like go start from that point of like that's a contradiction or whatever the whatever the joke is going to be. So it's not like that's stupid, but I'm too happy to talk about it. It's mm -hmm. like it's stupid and like, all right, well, I I still am like I still I feel like we have so many parts of ourselves and they'll just kind of pop up. Gotcha. Like and be, you know, but and then sometimes you just write whack shit for a little bit. Yeah. 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 It can't it can't all be tens, you know, <laughs> and, I mean, ladies. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, you'll fi I feel like you'll figure that out. Honestly, I just love having something to escape from. I feel like I have the most fun when I'm, I guess it goes back to like the procrastination thing. It's like when there, when there's something to like really escape from, then I, then I feel like that's when I have the most fun or can be the most productive. If that makes sense. So if I have like negative shit going on not that i want to bring negative shit on and god forbid you know <laughs> and yeah yeah but when there's negative shit going on then it's easy to like like sweep it under the rug or something yeah. but sweeping sweeping it under the rug is is my i guess 
where I have the most fun writing jokes. You know, yeah. It's like it's like if I have the kitchen on fire while I have guests over, or like now I got to entertain these guests. Yeah, and I feel like that's maybe that's why I have the most fun writing jokes when things are going bad. It's like it feels like a do or die moment. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is like when your life's it is like a escape hatch. Yeah, and like I said, it life will get fucked. I mean, it's just built for fucking. It's 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 too many things can go wrong. They're gonna go wrong. Somebody sent me like a movie script. I've never acted or anything. Yeah. But they're like, man, we'd love to have you for like a small role, which I thought that was kind of cool, I guess. I don't know if I want to act or not. But they wanted me to like read the script so I can like read it with them, like a table read. And the table read is like tomorrow, or like Mm -hmm. the day after tomorrow. And I told them that I'd have it read by now, but and last night I had the, the, the chance to read it and but I was like, you know what? Let me watch like every preseason NBA game that has been going on in the last week. Yeah, I just stayed up till like three in the yep. morning. You owed it to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so you do, no, dude, reading scripts is like just wait for the read through. <laughs> read your parts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> read the parts you're in, and then every. But you don't have to be like you don't have to memorize. Everybody's literally reading it. Yeah, so it's not. Yeah, you'll be right. You that basketball watch. game. All those basketball games would not be as enjoyable if I didn't have something to do. Oh, that's funny that you almost like you don't you'd rather cheat on a woman than this you know what I mean? It makes the sex way more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what your entire existence is, is like. <laughs> is that you're like, yeah, what? You don't I'm not even supposed to be here right now. I'm no, not, that is that yo, is, NBA, I'm not supposed to be looking yeah. at you. I don't know why, but things are just way more enjoyable like that. That's so funny, dude. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That you like you're like a philanderer. You're like a that's serial philanderer. Yeah, that's <laughs> the word for it. Is a guy who who fucks around a lot. I should name that the next special. I, I have a good idea for a cover, by the way, for yeah. art is the is the haircut. And yeah. it's nine use. Nine me's. With different haircuts. All right, hell yeah. For the for cool. your tour, do it. Like 12. 12. Do 12. Uh, all on the post. One, two, like yeah, the, yeah. Like the barbershop poster yep. board. Yeah. Oh, I've had you. that idea for literally 25 years. Uh, never thank, knew what to do with thank it. Thank you for that. I give, I give that to you. Hell yeah. Um, That's an honor. <laughs> sir. Uh, Godfather. You know what I wish could be done for me this holiday season? I wish someone would just like decorate my house in a Christmassy way because it's nice. I just don't feel like doing it. You know, the holidays are the busiest time of the year. Uh, so don't get stuck worrying about shipping orders. Let ShipStation do the heavy lifting so you and your team can put your time, money, and energy into more important things. Plus, when it comes to those inevitable holiday returns, ShipStation automates, recommends exchanges, and gathers customer feedback. So even if they bought the wrong size or color, They'll still have a great experience. I haven't started using it yet, but I've downloaded it and I've looked around the app. I just got a bunch of blocks albums on vinyl that I'm going to need to get rid of. I think you know what I'm going to use. I, of course, have the Neil Brennan shirt from a few years ago, button shirt with pockets, which you'll look, I'll start selling them soon. It's a good app. It's a good website. It easily automates shipping tasks and manages orders and returns in one simple dashboard. You can quickly and easily update crucial order information and reduce errors. Effortless integration anywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. ShipStation manages orders, prints labels, compares rates, optimizes every shipment, and automates delivery notifications. Automate returns and offer custom smart recommendations 
for exchanges to keep customers happy. Let your customers shop risk-free this holiday season with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code NEAL, that's me, N-E-A-L, today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com, code NEAL. It's just good. You're going to do it. Do it. I don't look. Look, you know me. I'm not passive aggressive. I'm not bossy, but do it. ShipStation. Oh, all right. This is a good one. But guilt of not being present with any friends or family. Mm. Yeah. What's the difference between you stoned and not stoned? I think when I'm not stoned, I think I already have like a naturally stoned mindset. Mm -hmm. And then when I am stoned, it's just like way too dumb. It's like past. Past, Yeah. I think where I'm at is like where most people are when they're just like a little stoned, you know? And people will be like, this guy's so baked. I'm not. (laughs) This is just my face. You have anxiety? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, I get on like in bursts for sure. I get like anxious bursts. Yeah, know? like days or like an hour? Nah, probably like like a day or two. Got it. And then when it's like finally gone, it just feels like I stopped like shaking or vibrating. Like kind of anxiety, exhausted. dude, I, I have depression. Don't, and I don't even have that anymore. But I, but the anxiety was so much worse to me than depression. Yeah. Because it's like you're just getting a fucking small, like you're getting tased a little bit all the time and anxiety i get like rushes of thoughts that sometimes don't even make sense like it's just thinking and thinking and thinking about stuff like like if i'm on my last 24 hours of life and i have a to-do list to get done what kind of stuff it's just stuff that doesn't even like matter like it's just random thoughts like i wonder why this person didn't do this i wonder why this is going on i wonder what's going to happen with that i wonder and it's just like man it does is there a last 24 hours urgency to it or is it just yeah no it's just like fast thoughts like and then and then i'm trying to like prioritize the thoughts i'm trying to think about what do i have to do by tomorrow or today and what can i do to fuck around on that you cheat on your own behavior yeah like you you've got you cheat on people's expectations maybe yeah (laughs) people have and you're like yeah but you know there's a I don't know. Maybe that's San Antonio, why I like Antonio. You know, I want to see how if Victor's for real. <laughs> ah, man. I, I don't know. Maybe that's why sometimes I just, like I said, I'm not present with my friends or family. I think when I finally like go home, like on a Monday, I I, I feel like that's my weekend. Yeah. And I don't want to be around people who are asking me, like, this sounds mean, but I don't want to be around people where they're asking me about my business. You know, I feel like it's enough pressure. Like, like if people knew that I was coming, to, I didn't tell anybody I was coming to do your podcast. Yeah. Because I feel like if people start to know that I'm going to go talk with Neil Brennan, they're going to start asking questions about you that I have. I don't know. They're going to be like, yo, does he hang out with like Chappelle? Does he do this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yo, is he sad all the time? Yeah. like, Or is it just sometimes? Like who booked you on that? Who hooked you up with that? Yeah. Or like stuff like that. Like, And it'll be like. Like friends or family that could ask stuff like that, but I don't. I don't really like to be asked. They could just stuff. DM me. <laughs> yeah, just DM just me. FYI, you know? I'm pretty open about that. Or they or they ask questions about stand up or whatever, and then you know, like manager agent. Well, they got to ask you questions to know which direction to like take you in or whatever. And I feel like all these questions. Do you stuff. travel by yourself? No, I usually take uh two of my comedian buddies with me. Okay, but the, these are questions that sometimes are like meaningless questions mm-hmm. or sometimes questions that I 
even have to ask myself like career direction type questions yeah. like are you gonna do this are you gonna do that what are you gonna say on that and i'm just like i don't know and like i don't want more of the questions i'm already asking myself i don't want to hear them from outside voices too because it just like builds the pressure so like once i go home i just want to be alone like i don't i don't want to be around anybody i also don't want to be around people who who are asking like the same like a lot of my my dad's friends i live at my dad's now a lot of my dad's friends yeah, I mean, there's there's supporters. There uh, could be fans too, but they're asking a lot of like, they're like, "Are you gonna do Joe Rogan?" I'm like, "Bro, do you think I know Joe Rogan?" Like, <laughs> yeah, but, and and like I know that, that they're just they're just trying to be nice, but it's, you know, you hear that question no, it's, from so but many it is people. a funny thing where it's like they're trying to make small talk. But you've heard that question and they're so many genuinely times. Genuinely interested, yeah, and it, it is interesting. It is, but like, man, and after, at the same time, but it does. I I think I know where you're coming from because I don't like. Dude, I, I always tell people, like, I don't like even telling people where I got my sandwich from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where people go, where'd you get the sandwich? And then you got to go, uh, Mendocino Farms are like, should have gone to that other place. And you're oh, like, dude, I I, now right I got to worry about your judgment. Yeah. So I got the wrong sandwich. Okay. Now you kind of ruined the sandwich 10%. I hate worrying about judgment. Yeah. So I tried avoid as many people as i can mm-hmm. and then even when they're not bringing stuff up well sometimes i try to avoid people just because like i don't want to bring them down because if i am around people chances are i'm still not present chances are i'm still thinking about like a joke well all right or, let me ask you your stuff how you define presence are you present now yes okay why now when you invited me out to your podcast right, right, but i'm saying like and we're talking comedy yeah no i got you I like yeah comedy. i think it's just a matter of like i'm more interested in certain shit than i am in other shit and yeah. i'm more interested in talking to certain people about it than other people yeah. i i well that's this thing of like <laughs> why are you so absent like i get accused of it by friends girlfriends whatever and it's like because i got a fucking my mind wanders generally wanders to the same shit over and over and over and over but i'm saying I hear you where it's like, I don't want to, this is stressing me out. This like I, I, I your like, expectations of like, you, you, then you feel bad that you don't know Rogan. Yeah. Like you feel like, am I failing? Yeah. Cause I'm not succeeding yeah. in the way that this guy needs me to succeed. And, and even when they're not talking shop, even when they're not like, I could be at a get together with family or something. <clears throat> I just feel bad because sometimes They'll talk about something that'll grab my attention and yeah, we'll talk. But other times everybody will be talking and I'll just be like staring into the space. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I can't help it, but I do that. Too much of that can be bad, but too yeah. much of only outside talk with other people can be bad too, you know? Yeah. But it is it is the pressure, it is the judgment. Even if they're not judging you, you kind of feel like they are yeah like there's a right there's one answer they'd way rather have you have i'm doing rogan on tuesday like that's what they want i feel like also the pressure of when i'm not giving people the answer they want i'm like picking away at fans or supporters so that that's a reason i avoided podcasts for a long time too is over the last year you know, I, I've I've gotten people that come to shows and follow me on Instagram. And then I feel like once they hear me on podcast and 
maybe they're expecting me to be something and then they find out this, they're just going to be like, ah, never mind. (laughs) But, I mean, I can't, like, hold that mystery forever either, you know what I mean? I'd rather people know exactly who I am. I don't think, I think people like knowing more than less. Even if it's like, they'll like, like that thing about, like, just being at home with your son, you got, that's enough. Whatever else you say, you could you could talk, talk about, about the murders, I the did. murders, abortions that you've been having, <laughs> all your shit that you be just doing. The fact that I stay home with my son makes it <laughs> no. It's it like it's so goddamn. That'll be like people's logo for when they think of you, like just you at home. Do you when you're with your son? Do you try to? Is there like a level of focus that you try to bring, or like a concerted effort of? Yeah. Like no phone, no like. I try to. Sometimes I can't help it. Sometimes like an email or a message about something that I really got to get to, or even like a Zoom call or something. Then like I, you know, sometimes you got to do it. But I try my best to be like present with my son. Um, he, you know, he's four now. He's really getting into like, um, like video gamey stuff. Like he loves Roblox. He loves Super Mario. I got him a Nintendo Switch. I like Switch. what I'm hearing. I yeah. like what I'm hearing for you. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Um, he likes basketball. So I try to get him to like, well, let's play the Switch together. Or like, all right, well, let's, we got, we got a little basketball hoop in our living room. Like, let's do that. You know, sometimes he doesn't want to do any of that. Sometimes he just wants to like zone out and watch TV, which I respect too. That was me got at that. Him. That was me my yeah. whole childhood, you know? It's you now. Yeah. <laughs> but there are times where he wants my attention specifically to play toys or to do those things. And I'm distracted by my phone. And he has to tell me, like, no phones. He's like, yeah. no phones. And I'm like, fair enough. You know, I got to, like. Yeah. Because if he's telling me, that means I've done, I've, I'm going way overboard. Okay. So he'll he'll give you, like, a grace period. Yeah. Like, eight to ten minutes. And then it's like. Yeah. He's like, come on. Dog, I'm only going to be four once. Yeah. He's like, no phones. <laughs> no phones. I'm like, you're right, son. You're right. I do feel bad too. There's there's other times where like I don't even have my phone and I do that mind zone out thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just worried about this or that, or I'm thinking about this or that, you know. And I'm like, after a while, I'm like, oh man, he hasn't bugged me in a while. Like, I'm not gonna lie, zoned out for like, and I feel bad. I feel like, is he getting used to that? Like, fuck, that's kind of scary too. Well, what do you? I don't. I don't know enough about parenting. They always say it's like. 90% of it's just showing up, just being there. I think there's something to like a human body being near you. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no like there's there's no like rule book on like a dad does this, a dad doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, there's like general rules of thumb, I guess, but I think for the most part, for me, it's like be there and do your best to be like a good example and a good person to your kid, like so that they could be a good person later on. You don't want to raise some asshole, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I try to show affection. I try to show love. I try to, like, discipline them and everything. But when I have to miss out on time with him, or when I am there and I'm, like, absent-minded, like, I might as well just be a dead body around, then I feel like I'm letting him down. Do you think he notices? Do you? Can you feel, like, maybe he I, I think I think he, like, yeah, I think he notices. I think maybe he doesn't really understand what he's feeling or, you know, what. But I do think that, like, he notices. And I and I think my son and I both notice it when I finally kind of snap out of, like, the, the absent-minded thing and then go play with him because it feels like, holy shit, when's the last time I made you laugh? Like, yesterday? Like, 
that sucks. Or like two days ago, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to only be there. Because I'll be honest, the discipline part of being a dad snaps me out of anything more. more. Um, if I'm absent-minded or whatever, if I'm zoning out or if I'm focusing on these emails and I hear my son being a brat with like my, my brother or sister or trying to get away with eating too much candy or anything, I snap out of it quick. And then I go and, I, and I'm like, hey, uh-uh, like, don't do this, don't do that. Or, you know what, let's get you in the shower, let's do it. Like, and if I see him doing something that's going to lead to his poor health or to him just being like a shitty person one day, I snap out of it so quick. When I should snap out of it way more often. I should snap out of it when he's bored or when he's watching too much TV like to like really engage with them. But when I see him doing something that I feel like is going to domino effect and badly, then I snap out of it really It fast. is funny with parenting now with phones and, and tablets and shit is when they're, it's like you, it seems like some parents just throw that at their kid. Like, just check the phone out. But it's basically because like you want to check the phone out. Yeah. It's, it's a it's, weird, I don't, I, there are certain things in parenting now that I'm curious to see how they turn out. Well, that's one of them. And the, the availability of weed. Meaning, if a lot of parents are kind of just stoned all day, nah, how's that going to be? Ever, ever since, because like I haven't, I don't think I'm not accusing yeah. you of that. I'm just saying, like, I, now that weed's legal in a lot of places, I'm just kind of like, it seems like parents maybe are stoned all day, and I wonder how that's going to be. Yeah, that scares me a little bit. I, I, I think my son is a big reason I stopped smoking. I used to, I, I haven't smoked in like five or six months, mm. so I used to just smoke whenever I was by myself, and if my son was with me, then I wouldn't smoke. But after a while, I just stopped smoking altogether because um, there's just a lot going on in general. But, yeah, I am afraid of giving them too much of, like, tablet time or something. Yeah. My son loves that stuff, but. Even, They're great. They're amazing. Yeah. These fucking things are amazing. But even I got to make sure to, like, snatch it from him from time to time. And yeah. he gets mad. It makes it, it, the, it makes parenting easier. Yeah. It's they, you just have a co-parent, which is the tablet and you go, oh, yeah. I'm going to go. I'll, I'll take it away from him. Even if we're in the car, sometimes he wants to use it in the car. We live like an hour outside of the city. We're like out in the country. And sometimes we go into the city and he'll ask me if he can use a tablet on the way. And I'm just like, nah, he'll get mad. He's like, but I'm be bored. I'm like, it's all right. Like, yeah. sometimes you gotta be bored for a minute. <laughs> Sit with your thoughts, man. Yeah. And so you just be there, just staring out the window, and I'm like, yeah. And good. he, yeah, no, it's funny, like space, yeah, get spacey, like your daddy. Yeah, because I don't want him to become too fidgety either, because not if he's constantly needing something to like distract him, and he's, where does it end? You know, it ends where we're already at. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it ends constant phones, constant phone, yeah, 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 just constant stimulation. I want him to be okay with like. Yeah, dead space. I know it's yeah. weird. I bet you wouldn't have thought that five years ago. No, in terms of, be- uh, here's what I was going to ask when you said the thing about kind of noticing his behavior and like, is this going to lead to him being a bad person? Did you have feelings about what made a good or bad person before you were a parent, and, and or did you once you saw the kid, you were like, okay, yeah, I, I was work. curious about stuff like that, like before before I started doing stand up. Uh, took an acting class mm-hmm. in the few months that I was trying to learn to be an actor. I know they're like, well, you got to like study human nature. You're becoming a, a character. You're becoming a person with like a history and, 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 and a, a history that explains 
how that character became who they are in this movie or in this role, right? So I'm always trying to like, ever since then, I always was trying to like see people in their adulthood. And then I try to kind of like ask them about their childhood and to see if there's any patterns when I ask another adult, like, what was your childhood like? And I'd You would like, do oh. this just because of the acting class or you would, you were well, trying I, after to find a while, yourself. I'll do it just because yeah. like, at first I started because of the acting class, but then I just started doing it because like, well, I'm just curious. Yeah. So if I talk to like 10 different people and I notice that four of them have a similar trait, well, I try to find out if their childhood has any similar patterns, you know? Yeah. Um, but other things I feel like are just kind of like a given. Like if my son walks into a room and there's a lot of people there and he's, he's acting a fool, he's like jumping on the couch or being loud, he's being obnoxious to the general public. And I don't want him to continue that trait because not only will he do it in other people's homes, but he'll do it in school, in the mall. Like he'll just be the person who maybe lacks self-awareness or lacks yeah. respect for the general public. And I don't want that to happen. Or if he's was it? Did you have it? Did you before the acting class? I'm assuming based on the sort of space outs and all that stuff. I'm betting you have you're observant, probably, and yeah. you like notice that you know the kind of people you like and don't like. Yeah, for the most part. Um, yeah. And do you find that morality is a big part of that in terms of how you fr- like that? That I like that person because. What kind of person do you tend to like? I tend to like humility. I think that's that's something big for me yeah. and people. And do you is that something you kind of keep track of in yourself? I try you to. Could yeah. Fucking, you could. You're doing great, man. Like you could really. I try to. I try to. But I also admire people who are good at knowing when to like, not be needy for attention. And I feel like that was something I struggled with as a kid. Is like I always wanted the attention. That's funny. I, so you I see that in your kid, and you're like, "We gotta nip this in the mud." Not really. It's just sometimes I don't know. What did uh, you? Are you embarrassed looking back? Looking back, I'm like, there's so many chances to make a joke or or to be the funny dude in the room, and I might have tried to take every single one, even the ones that weren't even my chances. And then I see people who don't take those chances and are still so likable. And I'm like, why couldn't I just be more like that the other right. day? You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like now that I'm older, maybe I, I can tell myself to like just shut the fuck up. Yeah. Just be a fly on the wall yeah. in this room. Maybe, you know what I mean? They're not all your rooms. Yeah. And I, I like that a lot in people. But I also take that like maybe too far sometimes where I'm like, let me shut up and not talk for. Yeah. I just don't want to talk to nobody. Yeah. Like, let me, and, and if you do it too much, well, then you lose like ability. You know what I mean? But, you know, it's like they say, like, you can't care too much about people think, you know, you, I, I think yeah, but, uh, that goes to an extent, though. You got to care somewhat of what certain people think. You want to do well or not? Yeah. You want to. We have to care what the audience thinks. Yeah. It's not comedy. Audiences for the, sure. Yeah. And, and it just depends which room you're in with, with which people, too. Um, you got to, like, keep your sanity, but also, you know, just be mindful of people. How do you stay humble if you if you if you're if you're do you feel tested by it? Sometimes. Sometimes when I'm around people, and this might just be my own anxiety or paranoia, but sometimes I feel like I'm around people that can see me going through a tough situation with like attention I'm getting or just whatever. Sometimes I don't handle like all the comments and all on YouTube and Instagram so well, and they kind of get to me or I can't handle what this person said about me or whatever, right? Like it, it kind of bugs me a bit. 
And I feel like sometimes people around me think, well, stop being a little bitch. If that was me, I would handle it. Or if that was me, I would do this. And on those people, I want to stop being humble sometimes. Because uh, yeah. a lot of, uh, that bugs me a lot when a lot of people think, or well, if I was in your position, I'm pretty sure I'd handle better. Yeah. And it's like, dude, a lot of these people can't even get to my position. Mm -hmm. Like if you were in my position, Almost like get to my get position to first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are the moments where I do want to like, Start listing off accomplishments yeah. and it's like I did that, I did that, you know. Yeah, yeah. You saw my don't tell. This <laughs> is like, man, I can't. I'm just like, oh yeah. If now, anything, I you, gotta but, hush, but by add the way, to then the you watch the NBA list. and you're like, this soft motherfucker. Yeah. And then, like that's just how life is. That yeah. you're like, I would never like we're all, you know, prosecutor of everybody else and defense attorney for ourselves. Is like that'll the, never end. That'll never yeah. end. This is the list of like if I if if I were you, this is what I would have done. Yeah. That list will never end. And it could yeah. be people who never met you, and it can be people who do know you and still love you. Yeah. And they don't maybe they don't mean that much harm by it. Maybe you're taking it too much to heart. But if you are giving me that, instead of like flexing on you, I might just brush it off and be like, whatever, bro. Like now you're on that list of people I gotta just like ignore, brush off. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've waved a few in the past couple of weeks, I've waved off a couple <laughs> like Mm. There, and I, I'm because I never am glad I did it. Yeah, I always say it's like getting uh getting snap counted offsides, or I'll go for a pump fake if I'm putting basketball terms like someone pump, and then I and I jump and I foul them like fucking yeah. Why did I go for their like they just baited me a little bit? If I go off on my own buddy and start listing off the reasons why yeah. like he's not on my level. <laughs> Next week, he's not going to be like, hey, man, thanks for putting me in my place. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. We're all cool still. So, all right. So, in a let's go on our final descent. What are the... So, all these sort of downside stuff, this stuff that's like, you know, you're absent or you're spacey or whatever. What's the ups, upside of it? Because I'm always... The, on the podcast, I'm always kind of... We're like looking on the down. Mm, the upside of, of always the being absent Yeah, yeah. Is that the I'm productive up there. Stuff. Say it again. That I'm always productive up there. Yeah. So, so it's almost like having a, another card up your sleeve. Yeah. While, while a lot of the people that I hang around with back home and friends or whatever, sometimes they they uh they blame it on talent. They're like, oh man, well you know you, you got this, you booked this, or you landed this gig. Because how talented you are, you know, good. And it's like, yeah, that too. But I've also been working out like strategies in my head or like plans. Yeah. Like I'm trying to work out the next joke. I'm trying to work out how can I get in front of this booker? How can I try to get on the Tonight Show? Like what, what do we got to do here? I'm, I'm working out small term goals in my head or I'm working out jokes. Like I'm staying productive in here. Yeah. And it sucks. Stephen King calls his like writing engine he calls it the boys in the basement the boys which, in the, basement. that's what he like that's what the, he calls it yeah like like he's the boy no there's boys in there's the basement in that just are doing it fucking weird ass steven no King. i know but it's a fucking great <laughs> it's a great way to say it, where it's like you don't you don't always go out looking for a joke the fucking boys in the basement just go hey i like to think of uh, i love thinking about that scene in uh, the first Iron Man, the, like that whole beginning part where mm -hmm. he's stuck in the cave mm -hmm. and they think he's building them a missile, but he's building the suit. Yeah, I love feeling like that's where I'm at. It's like I'm in this cave and whenever 
I accomplish something good or big or I, or I get like a cool opportunity or even when I just go on stage and do like a fresh new joke that nobody's heard and even my buddies can be like, oh, shit, that's a, that's a good one. You know, like a lot of the time they think like, oh, he just thought of it and then like it's there like, no, yeah. no, no, this, bro, I've been cooking this for like yeah. fucking four weeks already. Yeah. I just never said anything. Yeah. You know? I'm being like, whatever. Yeah. And I feel like that's me when he's like bust out in the yeah. big old suit and like flamethrower and shit. Yeah. I was like, yeah, like this, yeah, is, that's this is what the, I've been cooking. That's the bro. thing. There is a downside. There's a price of like we get accused of being shitty friends or shitty boyfriend, whatever. But like it's kind of the it's kind of the what the machine does. Yeah. And like so that's why I'm always saying to people like I, I there are parts of me that I consider like negative or not great, but I know that there's some value to it. Yeah. In just a different part of my yeah, life. Yeah, I I I'd suck way more as a person if I was absent minded and just not producing anything. and cutting hair yeah yeah you yeah. were the worst until yeah. like a year ago <laughs> you would was. not be on this podcast my no barbers allowed no barbers. um and what's your like have you done any therapy or anything Nah, i'm on to now now that i've kind of been stressing a lot yeah i don't want to i don't want to be like a like sounding like a little bitch to my friends all the time yeah and i feel like therapy seems like a healthy like you need somebody to talk to Betterhelp.com, promo code Neil. N E A L. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, I got yeah. you 10% off your first month. I'll check it out. Uh, um, yeah, you should. You, you, you get a lot of stress. Your life is it like good therapy or is it like 10% off type therapy? Look, I don't get into this. They'll assign you. You got to fill out a form. I feel like, I feel like stuff, if I'm getting coupon therapy, you gotta gonna get, be it's going to be like, I'll be right. Go fuck yourself. I would get never. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, you, yeah, you're going to have a lot of, you're going through a lot of change in your life and like it's not, it's not uh it's a gift and it's exciting but it's also stressful like it, you got to acknowledge that you can't just be like on some yeah all you can't be purely grateful and like i'm just happy to be, you have to stand up yeah i don't want to bitch too much but i, I like i gotta enjoy some of it but i don't want to bitch too much yeah. either like there's like a balance you know yeah but yeah no nah, i wouldn't trade it i'm not i'm not like yo this is no, too much to i don't think you are the big I feel like the big, if you want the big successes in life, you got to take on the big stresses, you know? Yep. What is your ultimate goal for yourself in life, like emotionally? Man, I think I do okay emotionally. Um, I guess the big goal for me is to, and I might, this might not even be a real thing, but I would like to be sometimes on a more normal emotional human level like i'd like to be able to like keep that relationship or like maybe be a better friend to people like a more uh what do you call it traditional person mm -hmm. i feel like i feel like i see a lot of people who like are good at being people like good at being a person and i feel like i'm good at it for very small increments which is maybe why I like to move around a lot. A lot of time people blame me not being around on my job. They're like, oh, well, you know, you can't always be around because it's work. He travels a lot. Over there. I I travel a lot because I'm like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I really fell into this line of work because I feel like this is who I am. Like, I don't, I don't like to be around people seven days a week, every week for the, for the whole year. Like, I'll go nuts. 
Yeah. When I when I worked several different types of jobs, like I uh, I used to paint cars. Every Mexican stereotype job I've had, it was like a Fantastic. dishwasher. Didn't want to say it. Thanks for thanks for taking that. <laughs> thanks for taking that off my plate. Ah, uh, I was working really hard to learn to be a painter, and I felt like I was moving up those ranks pretty quickly. I was working at a body shop. And the the main painter guy was like never there. I was I was having to do a lot of the work on my own, which I was like kind of proud of. But after a few weeks of working there, um, I was living with my son's mom. She wasn't we weren't having a baby yet or anything. But I was just like, yo, so do I just do this the rest of my life? <laughs> yeah. Do I just go home to to her and her family? Do I just put in my forty hours, maybe more or less, every week until what? Like I'm sixty five or something like. And I started doing the math, like how many weeks is that? How many hours is that? And then what? What's what's the exciting part? Not that I want crazy stuff to happen, but like, what is the exciting part? The occasional birthday party or cookout? Like, but you know what's funny? As you said that, I I've had that thought a week ago about this life. <laughs> like, I'm sure Brad Pitt is like, so am I just gonna be like one of the most famous people <laughs> and do movies every once in a while? And like. Like fucking Mohammed bin Salman in, in Saudi Arabia is like, so am I just going to be in charge of Saudi Arabia forever? So that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's 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 a made up thing in in my head to like be okay with that stuff. But I, I would like to think that some people are better at being okay with that stuff. And I would like to be okay with mm-hmm. that stuff. I feel like that's more of a traditional mindset. I feel like when I'm trying to really have a, a relationship with somebody or or trying to like be more... In, in like connected with family or friends i could do it for a bit and then i'm like bro i gotta take off like i've had uh we've been on the road almost every weekend for a year now and i've i've had weekend scheduled that i'm like yeah i'm gonna need to take that one off you know and, and then that month tuesday comes you're like we should get the we should maybe rebook something for i've this booked weekend. every single free weekend huh? i've had whether it be like some pop-up stuff back home or somewhere like i've booked every weekend i've had i'm like well, we got to stay moving. Like, I just, I just, and I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird job. It's a weird personality sort of mold that we are just as comedians or whatever the fuck, spacey motherfuckers. It's weird. It's kind of weird. But I, I hear what you're saying. I've, I've just gotten over again in the last like maybe six months that idea of i should be some a different way yeah yeah i I, there is so much pressure to be traditional it's just like every most people are you want to fit in we're social animals i think it's like a stability thing i guess yeah it's my it's my goal my emotional goal is to just be more of a of a stable calm balance i'm balanced you want to be able to write the same bits and be more my friend, one of my best friends, his name's Anthony. He bought his next door neighbor's house with money he had saved up when he was like 20. He'd been working since he was like 15. Very cheap house, not like super nice. It was very beat no, down. No, we, right? we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, every weekend, him and his, for like a year and a half or something, him and his dad would work on the house or like days after work or something. Then he got it, you know, he, he moved in, started working his job, which. I think he's looking for more. I'm not too sure. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, he loves his job. You know? Yeah. He's looking for more with her. But he has, he has his, his fiance. They have a baby. Uh, and he's such a chill dude. He's emotionally mature. And I'm like, bro, if I could reach that level of emotional maturity that you have 
I'm like, that's like that's where I want to be. Like the guy it just seems like chill minded. And I don't think I'm there. I think when I'm with like I, I've been I've been dating somebody when I'm with my girlfriend and my son, it feels good. But if I'm being 100 percent honest, it doesn't feel good the whole day. There's some moments in the day where I'm like, yeah, or just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I gotta, yeah. I gotta work on something. I gotta do something. Like, yeah, my mind's just, yeah, <sighs> yeah. It's all right. It's, it's. I don't. This is. There's nothing abnormal about what you're saying. Just so you know, like for real. Like if people listen, whatever. Like, well, in that case, I have no goals. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got a Netflix coming out. You got one. Maybe do a couple. Of, yeah, uh, and then you'll just get in. Like, so am I just gonna be a comedian? Um, Ralph Barbosa, everybody. Cowabunga, Cowabunga. I don't know when this comes out, but Cowabunga out out on Halloween on Netflix. Go. Maybe it's already out. Might be. Maybe it's not out yet. It's one or the other. Follow me on Instagram. Are we, this is like people that can't say goodbye. Like, all right, we're going to. Oh, I can't say bye? No, I'm, this feels oh. like two people that are like, all right, oh. I'm leaving. And then you both go to the traffic light. And you're like, okay. All right. Uh, see you later. Uh, Good uh, to see you. Yeah. Ivan, peace, man. Right. Good shit. Yeah.